The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and it is, well, it's Monday now. Monday, December 7th, week 13 is not in the books, but uh 12 games are down now. We didn't have any Thursday Night Football, but had a fantastic slate of wild Sunday action. Uh, we will break all of that down, and of course, we will preview the three <laughs> remaining uh, Monday night, two Monday night football games and one Tuesday night football game. Uh, we'll have those previews for the gambling and DFS purposes. Uh, additionally, we have released already in your feed, in the podcast feed, a week 14 look ahead where John Breach and I take a peek at some of the best lines to bet on from the coming week's action. Make sure and check that out. It's a new podcast, a new episode. Uh, it's 15 minutes or so. Peep that. Make sure and uh, watch us on CBS Sports HQ when we're doing hits. Ryan Wilson was there uh, doing the recap that he does every single Sunday night for the rest of his life from Stanford, Connecticut. And uh, he joins me as well as John Breach. Now to break down week 13. What's up, fellas? We did not let Wilson on the Look Ahead podcast because it's a short 15-minute one, and Wilson hates the short podcasts, oh, as we all know. Talking. Just abhors them. You know what's funny? I used to be really frustrated last year. When we have to get together, do the halftime, uh, like brief podcast, I ah, blew it right in my face. Now you'd kill to do the halftime podcast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> the joke's doing on a, you. Doing a halftime show and then have to do this. Yeah. Wilson drives four hours each way to do 17 minutes of, uh, post game. That uh, is the, that, that gets the strangest looks of just about anything that I've done in the last five or six years. Okay. From, you, you drive to Stanford. What is it, an hour? I know it's, it's four hours. One way. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah. Wait, who's who's giving you the strange looks? Like your wife? Just like it, no, she knows how far it is. But like people, like you know, around the oh, office. I mean, if I was your wife, I'd be checking to make sure you were actually on TV every Sunday night. <laughs> I mean, what else would I be doing? I well, that's, how, that's, how, that's how your family's like. We we would like to come to Stanford one week just yeah. to see. No, they came one week. I know, yeah, my wife would be like, I'm coming to Connecticut. Ryan has like a house full of twelve cats that he takes care of in Stanford. That's why he leaves every weekend. <laughs> That's, my wife. That's, that's breaches like pipe dream. AK always is, is accused me of, she's like, I bet you have like a secret family, don't you? I'm like, what makes you think I want a second family? Do you know how much I struggle with this family? Yeah, what if like, I, why, 
why would I want a second family that like you guys don't know about each other and I, I mean, deal with you separately? Yeah, like there are people yeah. that we know that like drama and like like their lives to be hectic and chaotic. That is not me. Like I am not. I got enough stuff to worry about, like in, in my first family situation. I ain't trying to take on additional family members, man. And that, that's something you only see in Lifetime movies. The, their heads are spinning and, oh, you have a second family. Brinson has a second family, but then it's like, no, this is not a Lifetime movie. We are just trying to do a football podcast. Uh, no Lifetime movies here. Yeah. 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 We're low maintenance around here. Just like my second secret family. Totally low maintenance. <laughs> Chiefs 22, Broncos 16. The Denver Broncos, one of many. Dogs that were barking on Sunday. The Broncos covered the plus 13 under 51 and a half hit. Patrick Mahomes was his usual ridiculous self, although the Chiefs offense not necessarily explosive in terms of point scoring. This was a box score beat down though. Uh, but credit to the Broncos who kept the game very close, had a decent chance to win it and ultimately eh, probably lost because Vic Fangio is a complete and total coward. And punted on fourth and three from midfield while trailing Patrick Mahomes 19 to 16 with six minutes left in the fourth quarter. That to me says, I do not trust my quarterback, but it's still fourth and three. Melvin Ingram is running all over that, uh, Melvin team. Gordon. Yes. Melvin Gordon. I always call him Melvin Ingram. Yeah, me too. I think I called him that on the show. So that's good to know. Um, I don't know why you do that. You got the ball back, uh, but they had already kicked the field goal that the Chiefs did. And, and by the way, Oh, but you're, you're down, you're down six. You need a touchdown. Like, oh, you got to go for it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not defending the decision yeah. at all. So the last four games, the Chiefs have won by six points or fewer. In fact, six points is the most they've won by in the last four games. So they're not blowing the doors off people, uh, like we're accustomed to doing, but they could have won this game by 13 points. If anyone had figured out that, that, uh, uh, Tyreek Hill had caught the touchdown pass that even Tyreek Hill didn't know that he caught, which was crazy. That's one of the craziest things I've seen. Since the Jets, the end of the Jets game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by, but, uh, by, by the way, the surrender index as created by, um, I thought it was like the, I thought it was John Boy or John Boyce who came up with the idea, but it's, uh, it's basically like how cowardly was your punt? Denver decided to punt, uh, it goes to the details with the surrender index of 29.47. This punt ranks at the 99.6 percentile of cowardly punts of the 2020 season and the 98th percentile of all punts since 2009. Elite level cowardice from Vic Fangio. And you'll be right, right? The, the catch by Tyreek Hill, um, sort of kind of encapsulates the whole game because the Chiefs breach uh, I mean, I mean, like, I can't stress this enough. They absolutely dominated the Broncos. They had 447 yards to 330. They averaged 7.1 yards per play to 5.4. They had 25 first downs to 16. They ran, uh, they averaged over six yards per rush, I believe. 5.4 yards per rush, excuse me. Um, and no, 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 6.1 yards per rush for the, for the Chiefs and, uh, and uh 7.6 yards per pass. They did basically whatever they wanted on offense and it still barely beat the Broncos. Denver did a good job in the red zone and just did enough on offense to keep it competitive, but this could have been a beatdown. Yeah, and I, the whole red zone, that was that's it. That's why this game wasn't 43 to 16 like it was last time. The Chiefs went 0 for 4 as far as scoring touchdowns in the red zone. We saw them get inside uh the 10-yard line twice and not score a touchdown either time. And then they got inside the 20-yard line four times, zero touchdowns. And and the Broncos' defense, you know, the Chiefs went and had their way between the 20s, but then the Broncos' defense would kind of clamp up. 
But talking about this, the fact that they were able to get to the red zone so easily, you ask yourself, again, why would Vic Fangio punt? As we have just been talking about, there was no indication the Broncos defense was going to stop Kansas City. The, the Chiefs did not have a single three and out in this game. So even though they did punt a couple times, so maybe your Fangio, you're hoping for the punt. You saw the, the prior, whatever, like nine possessions, Preach. ten possessions. One, one of the punts was the Tyreek Hill touchdown too, by the way. Well, right, right. So that shouldn't even been a punt. So you're, if, if you count that touchdown, so that shouldn't have been a punt. That means the Chiefs punted twice. Neither of them, again, were three and out. So the Chiefs were going to burn time off the clock no matter what. The Broncos did not prove that they could stop them, especially in the clutch. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what Vic Banjo was thinking. And, you know, the Chiefs got to get their red zone ways fixed. But, you know, you mentioning that all their past four games are close. I don't think I'm that concerned. Because the crazy thing is the only game they played in the past four weeks that I was like, oh, my God, they might lose this was against the Panthers. Like of all the teams, they were, you know, they were blowing out the Buccaneers before Tampa made that comeback. I never thought Kansas City was going to lose that game. That Raiders game was close, but I just felt like Kansas City was in control the whole time. And that was the same thing with this Denver game. It was close, but there was never a point where I thought the Chiefs were going to lose. It feels like I mentioned that at the top just because, you know, we've sort of fallen into the pattern of saying the Chiefs are clearly the best team in the AFC, the Steelers are second or third or what, whatever. And there, There's a lot of pushback. There's a lot of pushback in this game. Like, oh, what about the Steelers? Well, that's the thing. Like, And I, I say this every week. The, 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 the Chiefs defense isn't very good. Last year, a year ago, around this time, they started getting really good, and, and that helped get them through the playoffs of the Super Bowl. But there aren't a lot of great defenses this year. It's all about offense, and um, clearly the Chiefs' offense is better than the Steelers' offense. But I don't think it's that much better to the point where it's guaranteed that the Chiefs are winning that game, I don't know, eight out of, out of ten times. I think it may, it may be a little closer than that. And here's a fun fact from Debo. So the Chiefs went to the red zone four times, did not score a single touchdown. They now have a streak of seven red zone drives without a touchdown. That is the longest in the NFL, beating out the Jets and the Giants. So we're talking about two just offenses have been totally horrible. And now somehow the Kansas City Chiefs have gone the most consecutive red zone possessions without a touchdown. And worth noting, by the way, Jay Glazer reported on uh, Sunday morning that the Chiefs had a, quote, major scare. Uh, with apparently about 3.30 a.m. they got seven. They were reported they had seven positive COVID tests, including multiple coaches. And so for the next five hours, they did all this contact tracing, wake everybody up, retest, and then find out they were all false positive. So – Maybe we give them a little bit of leeway in terms of sleepwalking. Uh, the Chiefs become the first AFC team to clinch a playoff spot. They have not yet clinched the divisiones. Wait, they have not clinched the division, right? No, this is a playoff spot. Then how has Pittsburgh not clinched a playoff spot? They haven't played yet. They play tomorrow, Monday. I'm aware of that, but they're 11 and 0, and Chiefs are 11 and 1. I don't know what to tell you. I just read, read what they put in front of me. I'm like, uh, what's his face from the movie? Ron Burgundy? <laughs> oh, yeah, what? thank you. Yes. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. No, but I'm saying like, if the Steelers lose, they'll be 11 and one as well. Yeah. So, Pittsburgh can clinch a playoff berth with a pit win or a tie. Yes. It, or if they needed, if the Raiders had lost today, they would have clinched. The Raiders did not lose. If the Dolphins had lost, if the Colts had lost, none of that happened. Uh, so the Steelers have to win. So if the Steelers, obviously, if they lost out, they go 11 and 5. And apparently there are seven other teams that could get to 11 and 5. Um, 
Don't take it out with me. Take it out with the NFL. But then how have the Chiefs clinched? Because if they finished 11-5, and they would clearly have a tiebreaker over whoever is left on the schedule, maybe even the Steelers. There you go. I mean, if you want me to come up with a scenario where it happens, I – this is the we first. Can, we can take a twenty-five minute break, and I'll come up with one. This no, is the no, no. first. You do understand why I'm asking the question. Right? This is no, the first yeah, right. schedule-related <laughs> dunked on. Way to go, breach! You oh, schedule dunking. <laughs> I don't know. Do I think it's a fair. How... It's a fair question. Yeah. No, I understand. These are eleven and one, and they've clinched yeah. the playoff spot as the number two seed, but they haven't won the division. And it's, the, the Steelers it's a conspiracy. Just the like Steelers the... are eleven and zero, and if they lose and go to eleven and one, which is the same record as the Chiefs. They won't have a. Playoff spot clinch. And I'm not sure you can guarantee strength of victory either. What, whatever the case, whatever, whatever, well, who cares? The, right. the Chiefs, <laughs> the Chiefs clinch the playoff spot. That's what the NFL is telling us. So we are going to roll with it. Um, and, and dig into it maybe later. There's no, we don't need to spend a ton of time, uh, doing that. Uh, the only NFC team that is clinching playoff spot is the New Orleans Saints, who is the, the number one seed the way it should be. So weird. So uh, assuming the Steelers beat the football team. Uh, the rest of the schedule, you feel better about the Chiefs or the Steelers as number one seed? Because the Chiefs still have to play the Saints. I think the rest of their schedule is pretty easy. The Steelers have to play football team, and then they play the Bills next Sunday night, then they play the Colts, and they have to play the Browns again too. I feel like the Steelers will probably lose two games. The Chiefs have to play at Miami in week 14. There you go. So that's not a guarantee win. Yeah. All right. At Miami, at New Orleans, Atlanta, and the Chargers. So who's the favorite? I think Chiefs go fourteen. I think both of both the Steelers and the Chiefs go fourteen and two. So then it depends on who you lose to. I think they go fifteen and one. Who? Both. Oh. Ooh. So you have the Chiefs winning out. I think the Chiefs went out. I mean, that's entirely possible. Yeah, anything's possible. All right. All right. And imagine a fifteen and one team not getting a bye. And the 15 and one team doesn't get the buy after having to reschedule half their games because other teams were following the rules and they followed all the rules. I cannot hear Steelers fans <laughs> whinge about this. Know, this will not be the last time you hear that. So awful. It's like, what? Punish the Ravens. Suspend the Ravens. It's so unfair. Um, that's a good Steelers impression. Thank you. Uh, punish the Ravens. I was trying to do like a more of a, uh, yeah, accent. Yeah. No, um, not. so the Broncos are now four and eight. Yeah. Are, is Fangio's not getting fired, right? Like he's. There are some coaching decisions that were glaring compared to the Andy. Reed I don't coach. think he's a good in-game head coach. Uh, the punt. The punt is a glaring one. And look, man, there's only so much you can do with Drew Locke, who clearly he doesn't trust. And that's okay. You don't have to trust your second year quarterback. You can lean on the run game, which they did and they had success with. But some of the mistakes that Drew Locke, I mean, the first interception on the very first drive was. Hard to explain. And the interception to end the game was also hard to explain. Uh, he made a couple good throws to Tim Patrick, who, who played really well, but Jerry Judy wasn't a hundred percent. KJ Hamler got involved and did some good things, but you have Jerry Judy people. got locked down. He was, he was hurt. He, there was some conversation they might have played, but you have so many playmakers that you, I, I know Cortland Sutton's been gone for most of the year, but you got, you have to be able to, to be more productive than what we've seen. And there's nothing that I've seen so far that screams Drew Locke is. The, the future, the guaranteed future. I, okay. I mean, what does that have to do with Vic Fangio? It's not all on Vic Fangio. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, I mean, he's a great defensive coordinator. And again, we talk about it all the time. It's hard to sort of uh, predict how a great coordinator will be as head coach because it's a different job description. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, 
they could have won that football game, and they did. They, they feel like they're floating towards the middle of the pack, and they will be meaningless for most of the year. We'll see tomorrow. We'll see you next year. The Chiefs now, by the way, now thirty-one and four against the AFC West since two thousand and fifteen. That is re- That's not bad. ridiculous. Lord. Patrick Mahomes sixteen and two with a one or two point two passer rating in his career against AFC West opponents. He's the only quarterback in Super Bowl era with a seven. 50 win percentage or higher and a 100 passer rating or higher in divisional games. So congrats, AFC West. You are screwed for the next decade. Can I give you one more fun fact before we move on to this? You may. So uh, Patrick Mahomes' dad played Major League Baseball. He was a pitcher. Pat Mahomes played 11 seasons. How much money do you think he made in those 11 seasons? I think he's he was drafted in two, uh, 1988, and I think he was called up a few years later. Um, $7.8 million. 6.3. Two point six million. Jeez, so did this, make that for this game. This I is, won. This is the headline. I was on, closer um, than Brinson. Sportscasting.com or this headline on July six after Pat Patrick Mahomes the second got his new deal. In one season, Patrick Mahomes will make forty seven million more than his father did in eleven Major League Baseball seasons. <laughs> ho That was Pat Mahomes talking on Pat Mahomes. <laughs> but that's just that's just amazing. It is incredible. Right. And then the uh, ball from the dunk landing in a swimming pool full of cash that they both swim in right. uh, because sure. they have so much money. I'm sure he's fine with it. Browns 41, Titans 35, a game that was not as close as that score was easy <laughs> to believe. The Browns covered as uh, – this is 3.5-point dogs. I guess they were steamed down. They were like six-point dogs. Cannot believe I didn't bet on that game. Hey, before he you broke- go on, can we get a preemptive dunk on Breach for being all over the top? <laughs> Why do you guys have to dunk on me? I'm getting, I've been dunked on for 12 hours straight. Cleveland Browns fans just coming all up in my Twitter, dunking on me left and right. And I, I deserve it. And you know what the crazy thing is? Is that how many games have been played so far? Uh, 12. I'm 10, I'm 10 and two picking games straight up. And the only two I've missed are Browns Titans and my, what I call the lock of the week, quote unquote. So, <laughs> and I hit, I hit everything else, uh, Seahawks over Giants. Ah! So here's the oh! Oh! two preemptive dunks in one <laughs> podcast. Uh, but so here's exactly how I thought this game was going to play out. Look, we know the Titans don't have a pass rush. They have zero pass rush. That's going to crush them. That is why they're not going to win the Super Bowl. They're going to get crushed by Pat Mahomes or somebody else who can sit back there and just pick them apart. I didn't think Baker Mayfield was capable of doing that. That's that's what it comes down to. He's had some disastrous games this year. I didn't think he was going to throw for almost 300 yards and four touchdowns in the first half. There hasn't been. He didn't either. (laughs) No quarterback. Neither did Kevin Stefanski. (laughs) In the NFL, besides Baker Mayfield, has thrown. Yeah, no one did. Like, no one in the Browns organization thought this was going to happen. So I will give all the credit to Baker Mayfield. Absolutely proved me wrong here. He played a phenomenal first half. He even caught a pass. Was this this his best game as a pro? Yes. Uh, He had four touchdowns in the first half. The last time that happened, Otto Graham in 1951. Is that right? Really? I just saw it on the, on the bottom of the, uh, during the game. So yeah, I, I think the. Wow. Wild. Uh, and this was actually fun fact. The second time this season, Baker Mayfield has thrown four touchdown passes in a half. He did it in the second half, uh, against the Bengals back in week seven. No other quarterback in the NFL has thrown four touchdown passes in a half this year. So Baker Mayfield's done it twice. No one else has done it a single time. Baker Mayfield was asked about, you know, learning from his mistakes and all this stuff. And I, I meant to, Asked Diva to pull the audio, but I'll just read the quote instead. Uh, he said, uh, whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that? <laughs> and if they would, then I don't do that. 
good way to go through life. It really is. I think everybody should start asking themselves, would an idiot do that? And then if the idiot would do that, you don't do that. Uh, look, Baker was awesome in this game. He looked sharp. He was throwing the ball down the field. He was throwing the ball into tight windows. He wasn't making mistakes. He wasn't panicking. He wasn't offering up easy turnovers. The run game flowed well off of him. Do you think this is, is this a legitimate upside for the Browns or is this just sort of an aberration? What do we think? It's great news for the Browns. I, I think here's the thing. Here's my biggest takeaway. Kevin Stefanski is legit coach of the year because he's been able to balance in Cleveland what he was able to do in uh, Minnesota with the run game. Nick Chubb is probably 1B to Derrick Henry in terms of the best running back in the NFL. Um, Alan Kamara, Dalvin Cook, I mean, they're all in the conversation. But he is so important to what they do, and so is Kareem Hunt. And if those things work early, then it makes Baker Mayfield's job much easier. And by the way, when Baker's up 14 nothing, he plays a lot more confidence than he does when he's down 14 nothing. Mm-hmm. The Browns are down 14 nothing; They ain't coming back. And I, I think you see that in Baker's demeanor and some of the decisions he makes when he talks about being an idiot or whatever. And they're up early, and he was playing with a ton of confidence. Also helping them, uh, Breon Border, number 39, who had a rough, rough, <laughs> rough day. I mean, he, I, I saw his back so much running after Cleveland Browns receivers. I, I don't even know what he looked, I don't know what his face looks like. He's just running after people <laughs> left and right. So, um, I think the early start, the, the fast start for the Browns helps Baker Mayfield, but I don't think this changes anything in terms of, uh, if they're down, how does Baker respond? It's hard to picture them coming out of like the AFC, for instance. Now, look, they're breach. Are they better than the Titans? You had the Titans number two in the AFC last week. Yeah. I do not think they're better than this game was a weird game for Tennessee. They, they had a failed fourth down on their first drive. Derrick Henry fumbled for the first time all season uh, on kind of a, a weird play for him. Yeah. And then the, the Browns scored uh, on a 20 yard drive after that fumble. And all of a sudden they were up 17, nothing. And at that point, it just felt like it's one of those games where everything's going right for one team and everything's going wrong for the other team. And that doesn't mean the Browns aren't a good team. I just think if these team played, Ten times, I think the Titans win six or seven. I think they're close. Excuse me. I I just think the Titans are slightly better. Are the Titans still the number two team in the AFC for you? Why are you hesitating? They've lost to the Browns and they lost to the Bengals. I mean, they lost to the Bengals like five weeks ago. Still counts as a loss. Fine, I'll drop them to number three. I'll put them behind the Steelers. How about what you had ahead of the Steelers? Last week, what the hell are you talking about? Did you really do that? What I had the Chiefs, I had the Chiefs at the top, and then the Titans, and then the Steelers. I mean, you need to grow up. One, um, two, grow up. Well, the Colts are, <laughs> yeah, the Colts are better than the Titans. Let's let's get real here. All right, you can't you have to get the Colts. The, the Colts who just lost forty five to twenty six without the Forrest Buckner and Danico Altry. Yeah, I mean, if you lose your top two defensive linemen with COVID issues, it's going to be a problem. Against Derrick Henry, yes. If you lose your top two interior defensive linemen against Derrick Henry. Anyway, look, I think this is the Titans' problem. Their defense stinks. That's the problem. No problem. The problem. Like, Secondary stinks. Like, I, I don't think they'll have to play the Ravens this year because it doesn't look like the Ravens are going to make it to the postseason, but it's possible that they could. Yeah. Um, but I don't – like, the, the Tennessee team we saw last playoff season – is not is not walking through that door, right? Like they're you not. You know how bad this pass rush has been. Like this has been so bad that no one's even talking about the fact that Jadavian Clowney had season-ending surgery. Uh, like this week. Uh, that's because they went out and got their pass rushers and Vic Beasley and Clowney, who combined for zero sacks, and uh, none of them will be playing the rest of the season. 
yeah. they already cut Beasley and obviously Clowney out for the year. Well, the thing is, even though their defense is that bad, there are so many erratic quarterbacks in the AFC. You know, like Patrick Mahomes, again, he's the one guy who's going to take advantage of this defense every time he plays them. But like Baker Mayfield, you don't know what you're going to get. If two is the starting quarterback in the playoffs, there's no guarantee he can take advantage of it. Phillip Rivers is gets hot and cold, so there's no guarantee there. Uh, you know, Derek Carr, he's in the playoffs. So it's just, I think the Titans can beat anyone except for the Chiefs. I mean, yes, the Titans have the upside to beat anybody on any given day. <laughs> I mean, they, they do. They, they, really, they have playmakers. They have a great run game. And A.J. Brown. The defense is a problem, though. The defense is a problem. Yeah, they can lose to anybody. They can beat anybody. They like, need Eric Henry to run for 200 yards and Ryan right. Tannehill to play like a top-five quarterback, which he does a lot of the times. Otherwise, sort of the, the Russ Wilson syndrome. If he ain't uh, perfect, it's going to be a problem. Baker Mayfield, 9 of 10, 184 yards, three touchdowns, and 18.4 yards per attempt on play action. That is the Kevin Stefanski factor at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it is worth mentioning that when you look at the standings, I've been kind of pouring, at the, pouring over these all day. The yes. only team with a new coach that's not in the AFC or the NFC East that is in the playoffs right now are the Cleveland Browns. Did not see that coming. Yeah, and not only that, I mean, you have to give extra credit to Kevin Stefanski because he had to follow Freddie Kitchens. That's right. Now, it wasn't like your conventional bad sort of coach that didn't work out. This is Freddie Kitchen level ineptitude that he had to overcome and he did it rather quickly. And also, um, Andrew Barry. I mean, the the reverse, the reverse argument there though, is that he got to take over a team that Freddie kitchens got to six and 10. Uh, so you would think that they should win more games than that. If Freddie kitchens got them to six wins. Wow. It's fair. Uh, all right, let's move on. Raiders jets. Oh my God. Unbelievable ending (laughs) as the Raiders hit a touchdown pass from Derek Carr to Henry Ruggs. With 13 oh seconds God. left on the clock. Raiders win 31-28. The Jets cover the seven and a half point spread. The over 48 and a half hits. Derek Carr had a monster game. Darren Waller had a bigger game. And Sam Darnold also finished with 23 fantasy points. The big takeaway from this game, though, of course, has to be the fact that the, uh, the new, that the, that the Jets and Greg 3G Williams, um, on the final play call, according to ESPN Stats and Info, made a historical decision. There have been 252 pass plays over the past 15 years where there was less than 15 seconds. The team that had the ball was down four to eight points, so a touchdown, um, and they were 40 yards or more away from the end zone. The Jets were the first team in the ever of those pass attempts in the ever, <laughs> in the ever, in the history of those pa- of those of that situation, to send six plus pass rushers at the quarterback, and it resulted in a one on one matchup with Henry Ruggs on a hail mary situation. He did a double move. He beat him deep, and hold on. Not only did he beat him deep, he beat Lamar Jackson, not the quarterback. He might as well have been the quarterback, a rookie out of Nebraska, late round pick. That's who Greg Williams thought would best match up against Henry Ruggs one on one in the most important play of that team season. Yeah. Uh, we had Jordy Nelson on the fantasy football today Twitch stream and we were like, we were asking him about the coverage. He's like, I mean, and he said this jokingly, but I like, I feel like if he said it on a radio show, it might go, it might end up being like blog headlines. <laughs> he said, 
it, I, I'm going to paraphrase him. He said, that's the kind of coverage you would call if you were tanking. Like, if you were trying not to win, that's the kind of coverage you would call on a Hail Mary. And he's not wrong. I mean, that's – that. I think everybody sort of thinks that. Like, there's no way in hell – You just read the stat. Yeah, nobody's ever done it before. Why on earth would you send – would you go engage eight when all you have to do is run everybody back to the end zone? You're up by four points. They're not going to beat you unless they hit a long Hail Mary. Why would you blitz everybody? They're, or even like – not worst case because what Greg Williams did was worst case, but one case above that, you can still be dumb, but maybe have two safeties back there, rush six or rush seven, have one, right. like right. any, just one extra guy for help. They're called safeties for a reason. And I saw somebody, I can't remember who said this. Uh, it was somebody on Twitter, but they pointed out that somebody smart, I think. Um, probably right. they wasn't <laughs> They're like, Greg Williams hates. Adam Gase and would love to have the stench of Owen 16 attached to Adam Gase. So is it possible that he purposely undermined his head coach by blitzing? Like, do we believe that this is negligence, uh, malfeasance, incompetence, uh, like purposeful dereliction of duty? Or do we just think the Jets are morons? There's no way the Jets are morons. I mean, you just, again, you just read the stat. 252 times this has happened. One time did someone rush seven people. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Jordy Nelson's comments. I asked Brian McFadden, who we work with, play for the Steelers and, and, um, and the Cardinals, uh, cornerback. I said, BMAC, what would you do in that situation if you were defensive back on the field and the call came in that's cover zero where you have no safeties back there? He said, I would call a timeout because that is a, that is basically a, an idiotic, coverage to play again for all the same reasons so the the feeling is that this was done on purpose because if the jets had won that game then the jaguars are getting the number one overall pick as we sit here and the jags um, almost had a chance to win they had to go to overtime and almost beat the beat the vikings but the jaguars don't have the number one overall pick now simply because of that one play and here's the thing the play before nelson aguilar was wide ass open too and Derek Carr missed him in the end zone. So they came back, they doubled down. I don't know what the coverage was in the play before, but, uh, you know, clearly we know what happened in the last play with Lamar Jackson, not the Ravens quarterback in coverage. And there is no explanation. And it's to the point where, um, there's some murmurings of conspiracy by the Jets to guarantee that they had. That's what I'm saying. Like, do we yeah. think it was like a purposeful? I'm trying to Let me ask you this. If it, let's say it is a legit conspiracy where someone, and the Jets organization said, all right, whatever you do, let Henry Ruggs score. What's the NFL do in that situation? Um, I mean. Well, I mean, look, even though, let's say worst case. The number one overall draft pick. Right. Greg Williams did this on purpose to make Adam Gase look bad. Like, you also have the stink of 0-16. You're the defensive coordinator for an 0-16 Let me ask you this, Breach. Who is, who is the defensive coordinator for the 0-16 Browns? Greg Williams, which is what I was going to bring up. He like, is? Is he really? Yes, it was Greg Williams. He's a defensive no coordinator. I was about to go there. I was going to say, how does this guy keep getting know. the jobs? Greg Williams was a defensive coordinator. Because I, all I can think about is Hugh Jackson. Do you know who the defense coordinator was for the 2008 0-16 Lions? Rod Marinelli? Greg Williams. No, no that's way. Oh, Just no. kidding. I, I made that one up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to like do a – a dance back there. All right, go I, ahead. That, right, that was Joe Barry. Uh, but That's so right. here, here, here's the thing though is like, even though you do this, 
The only explanation that makes sense, right, is you're thinking if you're Greg Williams, if you hurry up and run it, Derek Carr's not going to have enough time to throw it. And if, if Henry Ruggs catches it at like the eight yard line and gets tackled, the game's over. You know, if he's tackled in the field of play, the game is over. And I think he tried to make Derek Carr make a quick thought and throw it. But again, as you guys said, it was a moronic call. It was one of the worst defensive calls in the history of football. Uh, even back before the forward pass was invented when that's every call sure, to counterpoint your, your point there. That's a situation where you rush two and you put Denzel Mims and Brashad Perryman on the goal line to break it up. I mean, there's no, that is the, to your point. Here's what, here's what I, I agree thought. with you guys. I was just trying to say the only thing that makes sense. It doesn't make sense. Here's, here's I, I don't the, know what Greg Williams is thinking. The list of crazy things I've seen this season, how I'd rank them. Number one is DK Metcalf running down. Budabaker. That's number one for me this season in terms of just like nutty plays. Number two is the Hail Mary by the uh, Cardinals in the end zone. And this is without question number three for me. I don't even know it's a close fourth, how stupid it was. And and like, why do you want uh, the Jeffs to get Trevor Marcus. Lawrence? Because Greg Williams, you're not going to be around. You're going to get fired if this right. team goes 0-16. So you don't get to enjoy the fruits of your dumb call labor. <laughs> <laughs> what did Marcus uh, say? Uh, he said uh, – that situation just has to be a better call. We got to execute, but you got to help us out at the same time. I mean, everybody knows it's a terrible call. You don't blitz there. It's just, you just, you just don't do it. You drop back and try and stop the Hail Mary. And it's, it is, I, I, I tend to think that because of Greg Williams history of doing dumbass stuff and losing a bunch of football games and being over aggressive in his blitz happy packages, that it's probably just sheer incompetence. But man, I mean, it's hard not to see that and think this is a team that wants to tank. Now, don't you give him too much credit. There's something nefarious going on. He has the sinister, like most, uh, what's the word? Like the, I mean, it's, it's like, uh, central casting villain, stupid glasses and dark goatee. I mean, he's that guy. It's bad. I hate Greg Williams. And by the way, good on Henry Ruggs for catching that because he totally did need to redeem himself in this yep. game. Yeah. Uh, First possession, Derek Carr threw an interception, but it was off of Henry Ruggs' hand, so basically his fault that that happened. He also had a fumble, I think, in yep. the fourth quarter that ended up the Jets scored the go-ahead touchdown after that fumble. Uh, so he kind of needed this to redeem himself, but good for him. Indeed, he did. Uh, the Raiders, with the win, and so I th- I, the Jets haven't locked up the number one seed. If they win a game and the Jaguars lose out and the Jaguars are 1-15, the Jags will get the one seed because of strength of schedule. Um, it's weird. It always messes me up because you would think that strength of schedule at the higher yeah. yeah, you want the lower strength of schedule to get the higher. Are you mad if you're the Jaguars right now? But you don't have Trevor Lawrence wrapped up? Mm, no, because they almost won the game too. We'll get to that in a minute. But they're trying. Um, Raiders are now the eighth spot in the playoff hunt. They are tied with Baltimore, but they have the tiebreaker over them. A one game back, both teams, uh, six and five currently one game back of Miami and Indianapolis for those wildcard spots. Do you think the Raiders get into the playoffs? Cause right now it does not feel like they are going to overcome. They get the Colts head to head next week in Las Vegas. Colts a three point favorite. Yeah. We'll know. We'll know. And. In- Seven days. I think that'll be a good test because that'll be one up on whatever, whoever the team is that wins that. And it could be curtains for the other team. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably, I don't, not, I don't know if it's, it's not a loser leaves town game. Right. But if the Raiders lose, they are probably, I mean, it feels that way for the Raiders. It's not for the Colts because they're a game ahead and you know, they could go 
three and one down the stretch with the loss of the Raiders probably be okay. Well, but here's I think- the thing though. That's the, that's the, the toughest game. Well, they do have to play Miami, but they play Miami in Las Vegas. Uh, the other games seem winnable, but the Colts have to play this game and then they have to play the Steelers. So they still have some work to do. That's a free win. It could be, could be. I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll keep moving through the games. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I mentioned Jaguars. We're not going to talk about that right now. Instead, we're going to talk about the Packers and the Eagles. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, Debo, unmute yourself because you're surely going to have to chime in on this one after we Poor Debo. saw Carson Wentz benched. And let's not call it. Let's call it what it was. He was benched, Debo, for Jalen Hurts. Thanks to Aaron Jones ripping off a long touchdown run the Eagles couldn't even cover. And they lose 30 to 16. Packers minus eight and a half hits, uh, under 49 and a half. The Packers were a perfect teaser team. I hope you utilize them as RJ White advised. Aaron Rodgers, 29 fancy points. Devontae Adams, 24. Aaron Jones, 20 points. And most importantly, five to one. I said, what did I say to do on the, on the preview podcast, Debo? I said, bet Devontae Adams first touchdown score. Bang! Five to one. Big one hits. Uh, what do you think about the Eagles here? Well, I will say that that one touchdown drive that Jalen Hurts led was probably the most alive that I felt in months. So, <laughs> so, so it was so a beautiful was throw. It was great. Uh, I think it was just a matter of time before we saw this moment. It was inevitable for for weeks and weeks, and I think everyone kind of anticipated that initial spark, and then that spark wore down pretty quickly. Um, I just think Jalen Hurts is the better suited quarterback for a team with a broken offensive line and broken receivers and broken play calling. I don't think he's a better suited quarterback for a team that really wants to compete, but that's fine right now. I think Jalen Hurts should play the next week. I'm not convinced that he will, but Carson Wentz, we know it's a lost year. I don't think it's a lost career yet. Let's roll with Jalen Hurts. Wow. Wow. You know, Debo makes a good point because Jalen Hurts, I remember talking to a coach last year at the Combine who said that Jalen Hurts was the best running back in the Big 12 last year. And he wasn't saying it in a derogatory manner, just said that's how good he was at running the ball. And you see Jalen Hurts out there, he looks like Derrick Henry, and he's much, uh, he's a much better runner. And you see, you know, Carson Wentz runs and you, you, you're just waiting for the worst to happen. And I'll give Jalen Hurts credit. I mean, he didn't throw the ball on time every time, but the ball came out much quicker than it did yeah. with Carson Wentz. And I think Carson Wentz is just so deep into his own head that he just doesn't know what to do. It also doesn't help that on the other side of the field, you're watching Aaron Rodgers just be a maestro. And like, oh, right, that's what a quarterback looks like. And Carson Wentz is just like, oh, my God. Look, he has to see it. It's like, uh, you know, 
your boyfriend dumps you or your girlfriend dumps you and you work out and get really strong or whatever. And then you see her new boyfriend and he looks like Brad Pitt. Like, all right, what am I doing? Didn't even work. I mean, <laughs> I'm still a slob. <laughs> and that's Carson Wentz right now looking at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think mental is totally impacting physical for Carson Wentz right now. I think the mental part of it came first. The, the negative mental play really affected the physical. I don't think it was the other way around for him. Right. Uh, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more. And the problem, I think it's almost, it's almost a negative. I may have mentioned this last week, but I sort of floated this theory throughout the week. It's almost a negative that the Eagles are in the, in the playoff hunt and in this division hunt because you feel like if they were, you know, like normally you're three, seven and one or three, six and one and your season's over, right? You kind of do like the Falcons do and just sort of exactly. Like, let's, you know, nothing to play for, nothing to lose, nothing to gain. I'm going to go out there and play loose and play a little free. Maybe Carson Wentz could get some of that mojo back, but he understands how important every week is. And I, I would guess that if they do what you're suggesting, David, and I don't, I don't really think Breach and Ryan understand how radical it was for you to throw out the fact that you of think. Of course we do. Devo's fan number two of Carson Wentz behind He's Carson Wentz. Wentz's biggest defender. I thought Debo was going to get somebody at CBS to get him on the phone with Doug Peterson so he could ream him out for benching Carson Wentz. Little did I know that Debo was on board with this move. Doesn't doesn't change a single thing about what I think for 2021. But like Will's saying, let's embrace the rest of 2020 and and throw hearts out there. Yeah, I think what they will do is start Wentz. Um, then well, I just well because if you bench Carson Wentz in the middle of 2020 in a playoff hunt. Then you have to explain to the guy who writes your checks why he wrote a, a multi, several hundred million dollar check. Or so the guy who writes Doug Peterson's check reportedly stormed out of the didn't go to the game two weeks ago because he reportedly wasn't crazy about the way the team's playing. He's Jeffrey Lurie or Howie Roseman. Jeffrey Lurie, the head okay. owner. So, uh, one other point about the Eagles, and we make this every week, but I I, I saw it brought up again. They drafted. Um, let's see, <laughs> they drafted. Jalen Rager over Justin Jefferson when everybody Rager played well today. Rager played, we had a punt return for a touchdown, but Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, who we'll get to in a minute, might win offensive rookie of the year. Um, okay. Um, they drafted JJ Arthago Whiteside over DK Metcalf. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's extenuating circumstances, but yeah, that wasn't great. I agree. And they drafted Jordan Matthews over Devontae Adams. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm over that one at this point, but <laughs> I mean, Devontae Adams just torched you. So it's I don't a, know. It's a fair that. point. Like if Devontae Adams were, if you had Devontae Adams on the Eagles, it'd be kind of nice. No, I don't know if he would be Devontae Adams on the right. Eagles. I mean, can he play left tackle? I mean, it, it, it may not matter. Anyway, um, Packers are rolling. I think there's a reasonable case to be made that Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP. So have you guys seen the odds? So MVP right now, I think it's minus 450 for Russ, uh, not Russ, excuse me, for Patrick Mahomes. I think it's plus 550 for Aaron Rodgers. Plus eighteen hundred for Big Ben, and then it goes from there. I think those are the top three. Um, if you can bet on Aaron Rodgers at five to one, at three and a half to one or better, I think that's a good wager. And here's the thing, and this, you know, it blew up my face because I was all over why aren't the Packers trading for Will Fuller, and I keep talking about it, and then he got suspended. So you know, sucks to be y'all. He needs one person, Devontae Adams, because that's the only person he will throw the ball to. He can turn around and hand the ball to Aaron Jones. That's fine, but in terms of uh, receivers. Devontae Adams is all he needs. He had his 400th touchdown pass in this game. Devontae Adams is so good. He was there. He caught Aaron Rodgers' 200th touchdown pass. That's how long he's been there. That was his first touchdown. Aaron Rodgers talked about it after the game. Wow. 
Yeah, I know. It's crazy. How That's many- a fun fact, Ryan. That's how you got to posit that. Yeah. How many of those 400 passing touchdowns do you think Jordy Nelson called? No, did he tell you? No, we looked at Oh, up. I was going to, oh, uh, 40? 61. 69. Wow, it's closer than Ryan. I'm winning all the guessing games tonight. I know. All right. It's the prize. But yeah, no, I, I like Aaron Rodgers as the MVP front runner because he's doing it with basically one weapon. Well, as good as Patrick Mahomes has been over the last month, I, I think that people will sour a little bit on the Chiefs unless they just blow people out. And That's right. They're unreasonable expectations because of what we've seen in the past. And but I mean, if they go fifteen and one and only win the games by five points, I think they go fifteen and one. They might not even be the one seed. So here's the well, thing. I'm here- talking about MVP. If he's if the Chiefs go fifteen and one, Mahomes will win the MVP. Hold on, hold on. I mean, I- the disrespect coming out of your mouth, Mister Tennessee Titan. So if you look at the numbers, Mahomes, Rodgers, and Big Ben have similar stats in terms of touchdowns and interceptions. If the Steelers go 16-0 and and Big Ben has 40 touchdowns and six interceptions, he has 30-4 and four right now, what are you doing with that? Giving it to Mahomes. I uh, <laughs> See, I still think here's the deal. What, Mahomes hasn't had the Aaron Rodgers meltdown. Aaron Rodgers literally cost them a game against the Buccaneers. So, you know, the game the Chiefs lost. The Steelers uh, are 16-0. 32 points. But the Steelers are, like, the defense is not carrying the team, but oh my! Listen to this guy. Think, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes do not have that good of a defense. I think you are sleeping on, and you get uh, Rodgers at plus four fifty at William Hill. I would go about that now. Mahomes minus five hundred, Russ fifteen to one. Russ is toast. Um, yeah, I think that there's also. I think you're sleeping on the idea that a lot of these old crusty voters like Pete Prisco. <laughs> We'll say like, ah, Mahomes is going to win a bunch down the road. Roger, this yeah. is the last chance Roger will get. And they'll or Big Ben. Up. Yeah, but nobody cares about Big Ben. We'll see. 16 and 0, 40 and 6. Calling it now. We're going to lose a football team. Yeah, you're going to lose them one day. Um, so yeah, no, Pat, but I, I like the, I like the Rogers. I, I would, I would bet Rogers at plus 450 if you can. Yeah. All right. Let's get to the next game, which is, of course, Eagles done in the division. No. I, I'd like to bring up real quick as we get into this next game, which is the Giants and the Seahawks. Um, last week, Brinson made to me, and I think to Ryan as well, an asinine comment that Russell Wilson would win 12 <laughs> games with the Eagles. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Debo. This guy might not even win 12 games with the Seattle Seahawks this year. Hold on, Debo. Cue it up. I'm sorry. Did you, did you, you just got dunked up. Play the music. Uh, Four minutes ago, you're like, I think we need to see the offense with a more, I don't know, what would you say, more mobile quarterback? Uh-oh, you mean uh, like a they, Russell Wilson? They, Let Debo finish. They lost by 14 today, and Jalen Hurts was 5 for 12 with a pick. Um, but <laughs> our guy, Stephen O from Sportsline, who we quote all the time, I had him run. I had him run the numbers. I had him run the numbers. <laughs> <A> little <laughs> And uh, you insert Russell Wilson into the Eagles, and I made a point to say, same circumstances. Offensive line injury, same weapons, play calling, all that. Russell William, Russell Wilson worth two wins. The Eagles would be about a six-win team with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, Russell Williams. It doesn't matter which Russell you put there. The Eagles Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Westbrook. Russell Simmons. Kurt Russell. So yes, Kurt St- Russell. Stephen O. said two wins or maybe a little bit more is the value that Russ would add to the Eagles. Twelve wins. What are you smoking? Well, 
I, I disagree with that. I think Rosa. I disagree with numbers. <laughs> I mean, I don't have to agree with Stephen O's numbers. Stop the count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop the count. Um, well played, Debo. Well played, you little sneak. Uh, that Debo going behind Brinson's back. Stephen O, hey, I, I need you to run some numbers. Like, that's hilarious. He's like, he's, Stephen O's like, uh, what is this for? I've got Wait, like Russell four. Wilson on the Eagles. Do you know something I don't know? What do you want? It, it, what are you asking for? No, he was, a moron. he was well aware of the conversation as I brought it to him. He said he heard it on the podcast. He said he saw it on social media. So I think he was ready for it. Yeah, I think Stephen, yeah, Stephen, Stephen's a great guy. He listens. Um, he does. I remember him, you know, he had an interesting point. Um, this is way off topic, but, uh, he, he, before the 20, before this season, he was telling me, he was like, what, he's like, should the, or maybe it was before the 2019 season. I'm trying to remember, but he was like, no, 2020. He's like, the, he's like, do you think the Ravens could sign Derrick Henry in free agency? It would be the perfect matchup for, uh, for Lamar Jackson. And, um, and he also, it was nailed the Sims last year with Lamar Jackson. So give him credit where credit's due. Uh, anyway, Colt McCoy went on the road. Good segue here. And beat Russell Wilson. The Giants win 17 to 12. Obviously the Giants cover as a huge dog. The under easily hit. That was one of my best bets for the week. Woo. Russell Wilson and Chris Carson both had 16 fantasy points. And the last time a team with Colt McCoy as a starting quarterback won a football game was when Ryan? Uh, was Thanksgiving Day game over the Cowboys? Was that the game? No. No. Oh, that was a huge win for them. Wait, no. Yes. Yeah. He went down there. Oh, right, 2014. Yeah, yeah, that was a huge one because that's the game where um, our buddy Chad Dukes uh, was going crazy on. on no, it wasn't Thanksgiving. Oh, but it, it October 27th. But it was the then Redskins playing in Dallas. Is that right? That is correct. And I think Tony Romo was the quarterback, and Brandon Whedon correct. was also the quarterback. Right? That they is both correct. threw touchdown passes. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't think Whedon was on the Cowboys then. I think I saw that stat earlier today where they both, for some, uh, how, how do you remember that game, Ryan? I saw a stat earlier today, maybe during the telecast about, um, about the Colt McCoy playing. And I think I saw a stat where Romo and Brandon, we both threw touchdown passes in that game. I could be wrong about that part. Uh, do the Giants who, uh, the Washington football team plays on Monday. So let's reset. I have the Giants starting last week. We bet 20 bucks each, I think. My God. I had the Giants. Old Breach is having a tough go of it with the Titans. He had the Cowboys. Yep. Uh, Debo obviously has the Eagles, and you're on football team, Brinson. So where are we? Uh, well, currently. I feel pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I would say that if I were power ranking our uh, enthusiasm for our selections, I would say Ryan won. Absolutely. And a tie uh, for second in the toilet. No. I <laughs> with a giant dump on top of it. No, I would say I'm second. No way. The Cowboys are second. Have you well, seen their schedule? Football team is second because they haven't played yet. Yeah, they're they're going to lose this. That was an accidental drop. Uh, they're three and eight and they're going to lose on Tuesday. You know, they play the Bengals and the Eagles and the Giants. It's all winnable games. Lamar's coming back. Yeah. I'm giving them the loss to the Ravens. Oh, okay. Okay. You have so three and nine. You went out. You, okay. Yeah, you went out. You're, you're fourth. You're fourth on this list. No, oh, the Eagles are ahead of the Cowboys? Debo's quarterback just got benched, and he's happy about it. He's fourth. Mm. Diva. Sometimes you just need to hit the reset button. I don't know, Ryan. <laughs> who, who could the Eagles pick at number four? <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, do you take a quarterback? Let me ask you this, Debo, and I, I don't want to do this, but I saw someone tweet this out earlier, 
And Dan Schneier, who is uh, one of the editors in, at uh, and a huge Giants fan of CBS Sports, uh, responded this week. But this guy, Joe Caparoso, I don't know who he is, but he tweeted out, the Jets should take on Wentz's contract for two first-round picks from the Eagles and let him back up Lawrence's quarterback. Wentz's contract is, is I think it's like $49 million dead cap space or something. Insane like next year. Uh, would you at any point want to get rid of Wentz at the cost of two first round picks just to get out from under that contract? So the, the Eagles are trading two first round picks plus Carson Wentz. So Carson Jets. Wentz's dead cap hit right now in 2020 is 77 million. Next year will be 59 million. Um, and then after 2021, you can get out from under it. So you're not trading for after no. you can get out for one more year. I'm so not at the point going anywhere. At, yeah. At, at that but, point, when you're trading two first round picks, might as well just, you're pretty much sacrificing the next couple of years anyways. Just keep Carson and, and hope he turns it around and, and is more his 2019 self than his 2020 self. Yeah. I don't like that tweet. I didn't, I didn't um, realize that you could get out of, get out of Wentz's deal after 2021. So yeah, you keep him around one more year. It's tougher next, after two years, it's, it's much more manageable. The next two years are going to be tough to get out of it. Right. Yeah. After 20, 2022, the dead cap is 24 million. And at this point, teams seem to always, they're at this point, they're, 20, 24 million you can, you can deal with. So the Giants and the Seahawks played. Uh, the, do we think the Giants win the division? Yes. Yes. Oh, breach. Debo? Yeah. Wow. I honestly think they could win out, especially if Daniel Jones comes back healthy. I'm still fine with the Washington football team. I don't think it's, I don't think it's off the table, but I mean, certainly this is a huge win for the Giants. Ginormous. I was all Jamie. Our, from our social media team and Azer, uh, who obviously hosts the fantasy football today podcast. We're on that fantasy football today Twitch. And like Jamie, after, after we ended the show, Jamie cut, like cut on. He's like, you guys don't understand how happy I am. And Azer was like, I could not be more thrilled. Like these Giants fans think that they're winning the Super Bowl or something. It's very it's so funny you say that. Rob Arcerio, the, the producer up here basically said the same thing. He said, I feel like we can make a deep playoff run. Like they, he was so legitimately excited. And that is a, that is one of the biggest wins of the year, I feel like, for any team underdog, right? And, well, and them not, and them saying that isn't crazy because if the playoffs started today, the Giants would play the Seahawks in the exactly. open round, except it would be in New York and they already beat them once. So we, boom, you win that game, you're in the divisional round and all of a sudden you're playing another, like it, it's, it's absolutely insane. They won this game because number one, Seattle was the only team in the NFC that had not lost at home this year. You know, you take the crowd away, but you still have to fly all the way out to Seattle. It's in the middle of the nowhere. It's dreary. It's rainy. Nobody wants to be there during the winter. Uh, it's a beautiful city during the spring and summer. Uh, and, and you have Colt McCoy as your backup quarterback. There's literally, uh, didn't seem like the Giants had much of a chance and they just, this, this was no, a great. Yeah, I disagree. I thought that this was such a bad matchup for the Seahawks because Why? Seattle wants to pound the ball and run the football and they New York's good. McCoy. New York's they, good at stopping the run. They ran the ball awesome. They just gave up on the run. Did they run the ball awesome? They averaged over five yards per carry. Chris Carson had 13 carries for 65 yards. They, they just decided it's like Russell Wilson went to the sideline and was like, guys, we're down. Let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. And and then they just kept throwing the ball when they should have kept running the ball. It was insane. The, the, the let Russ cook thing was, blew up in their face. I was on. Is that? Are you sure that's what happened? Yeah. And the, the interception that Russ threw late wasn't his fault. I think it went through Chris Carson's hands. If I'm not mistaken. Russell wasn't good in this game. No, not at all. He was. It was wildly inaccurate. Good enough to win. Eh. And not only that, the Giants got screwed late. I think of the series before they ended up. DK Metcalf kind of got locked down by James Bradbury. Uh, 
he DK Metcalf also stiff armed James Bradbury back to the East Coast. That was oh Lord. But you're right. But uh, the Giants had a setback on a defensive holding call when they had, had looked like they had gotten off the field late in the fourth quarter. But they came back. Oh, and they, the the Seahawks actually ended up scoring uh, on the very next play. But they came back on that fourth and eighteen. Third down prior to that, they sacked Russ to make it fourth and eighteen. And then had the pass break up down the field on the, on the bomb. That is, I mean, that is an enormous win. And I think that says a lot about Joe Judge in terms of the that team. Because I, I say it all the time. We talk about Matt Rule and the Panthers seemingly loving Matt Rule. I think the same can be said for Joe Judge. I, Joe Judge needs to be involved in the Coach of the Year discussion. Yeah. No offense to Mike Tomlin, but, like, I mean, if you – Mike if, Tomlin or uh, Stefanski. Sure. Yeah, I mean, like, if you win the NFC East after where you were with Colt McCoy starting games, I mean, you need to be in the conversation. The yeah, Giants are 5-7 and seven now, and if Washington loses, they will be in a very good spot to take down this crappy division. Rams 48, Rams 38, Cardinals 28. The Rams, my best bet of the week. Minus two and a half cover pretty easily. The over 48 and a half hit. I had that under as well. So that, that stinks. Uh, Jared Goff, 26 fantasy points and Kyler Murray, 21 fantasy points. I have been saying for weeks that I thought the Rams were a bad matchup for the Cardinals uh, in terms of what they do defensively, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I hope that you guys listen to me. Everyone listen to me and bet on the Rams or pick the Rams. I'll check the picks page to see who did and who didn't. I'm guessing Ryan did not. No, I think I did. Mm. Yep, took the Rams. Okay. You both did. Good job. Dubin didn't and Jamie Eisenberg didn't. Everybody was on the Rams. Uh, they, like they, this is a dominant win by the Rams. They, they pretty much, the Cardinals got out to an early, t- like an early seven nothing lead, but then Los Angeles just took control and really didn't look back the rest of the way. I think the recipe is much like the Kevin Stefanski recipe. Running game, play action, Jared Goff has success. The running game ain't working. And Jerry Goff needs to do it all. It ain't going to work out. And also, uh, hat tip to, um, that was Jalen's last name. I'm so spaced out. Number 20, the Jalen Ramsey. He shuts down DeAndre Hopkins. I think, uh, they've met four times, maybe. I I can't have to go check the stats. Four times he's held them to 50 yards or less. This game, I think Jalen, uh, DeAndre had 52 yards. Yeah. So that's Jalen Ramsey. That was my whole point. It's like they can use Jalen Ramsey. To lock down the number one receiver, whether it's DK Metcalf or whether it's DeAndre Hopkins. And then that just really, it lets Aaron Donald just uncork on, on, on the unsuspecting quarterback. Um, yeah, Hopkins, 13 targets, eight catches, 52 yards and a touchdown. Dan Arnold had a fluke early busted play touchdown. Um, and I, I like the Cardinals are, are, are in danger. Remember, and you can dunk on me for this. Remember when I said that the Vikings are done no matter what? After they lost to the Cowboys, Oops. well, they're they're in the playoffs right now because the the Cardinals are moonwalking their way out of the playoffs. The Cardinals had a bye in Week Eight. Right, since, the Vikings are the seventh seed right now. Yeah, since that Week Eight bye, oh, ho, ho, a pie down hard. Since that Week Eight bye, Arizona is one and four, and their only win was on a hail mary. So we're talking about a team that really should be 0 and 5. They've completely fallen apart. And we've talked about it before, but Kyler Murray's injury has just completely changed the way he plays football. He doesn't really try to run anymore. This game, he only had, uh, what, 15 yards rushing. I know we talk about la la, if a, if a running back gets to 100 yards, you know, wait, wait, those, how do we do that? What la la la, yeah. one of those dumb stats, but with Kyler Murray, it makes a lot more sense. Uh, and Kyler Murray's rushed for under. 40 yards in 16 career games, 3, 12, and 1. 
So like when he's not running around kind of keeping the defense honest, the Cardinals offense becomes more one dimensional and you know, he's not Patrick Mahomes where you can win being one dimensional. So it, it is just that this offense has kind of fallen apart over the past few weeks. And I, you know, if I had to pick playoff teams right now, I don't think I have the Cardinals in. So from week five through week 10, when the Cardinals went four and one with uh, uh, their only loss to the Dolphins, a three-point close game loss, and then, of course, they had the Hail Mary over the Bills, uh, Kyler Murray was averaging 11 rushing attempts per game. In those five weeks, he had 55 rushing attempts. He got hurt in that Bills game, I believe, right? Or was it the Seattle game? Uh, Seahawks game, I think. Seahawks game. In the last three games, he has a total of 20 rushing attempts. 15, 15, five carries, 15 yards against Seattle, five carries, 31 yards against New England. And then today, 10 carries, 49 yards and a score against the Rams. And that was in major comeback mode. He is just not. He's no, not, no, no. That, that was Kenyon Drake. Oh, that's Kenyon Drake. What if I get read right? Oh, so he has 15 carries for. 61 yards. How do, what's wrong with me? Five carries for 15 yards against I'm saying he is. I'm saying he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah so he has, he has, uh, 15 carries for 61 yards in the last three weeks. All Cardinals losses. I, I think the shoulder thing is causing him not to run. He doesn't want to take the hits. They're trying to be cautious with it. And as Ryan points out, they're moving walking out of the playoffs. I, I mean, still think that Cowboys loss is going to come back to haunt the Vikings. Okay. I'd probably <laughs> Ryan's still on the Vikings aren't can't make the playoffs bandwagon. No, they're in the playoffs now, so I mean, you know, they're they're doing it, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Rams represented the NFC in the Super Bowl. Well, they're in first place right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I think you in the division. They won the division. They're, oh, they're, they're gonna win the division. Yeah. Yeah. They've got I a... think the Seahawks to me are the Titans of the NFC. Their defense is so unreliable that it's a wrap. It, That's actually be... a great comparison. Mobile yeah. mobile efficient quarterback. Throwing to like physical freak show from Ole Miss. Yeah. No defense. No defense. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I, I think the Rams are legit and are going to cause some problems. So next week, Vikes play at Tampa. So we'll, we'll find out pretty quickly. And then they still have to play at the Saints. That's right. All right. I don't know why you're still talking about the Vikings. I, I got to talk myself. Well, and the Cardinals have to play the Giants. I'm not so sure they're going to win that game. No. Nah. It's a bad matchup for them. Uh, but I'm glad you mentioned the Vikings because that's the next game we're going to talk about. Vikings 27, Jaguars 24 in overtime. Oh, oh, oy vey. My man, Mike Glennon, nearly took down the Vikings as I predicted. I picked the Vikings. I mean, the Jaguars and the Jets to both win on this day, and they both came oh so tantalizingly close. Um, the Jaguars plus 10 covers a push on 51 on the over. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and Dalvin Cook were your top fantasy performers. And the Jaguars got a, a must-win game under their belt. I mean, excuse me, the Vikings got a must-win game under their belt. And the Jaguars got a must-lose game under their belt to stay in the hunt for the number one seed. Mike Glennon will continue starting. Doug Marone announced after the game. Um, you mentioned the Vikings, Ryan. Like, I mean, God, it feels like they're going to make the playoffs. Here's the thing. Like, we saw a lot of Kirk Cousins, but Kirby Cousins reared his ugly head. Did you see the interception he threw? Yes. What? Six. What was that? That was awful. Yeah, it was bad. Like that, those are like Justin Jefferson. Is that the guy you, you said? That's the one you said you, you think's going to be rookie of the year. Is that what you said? I don't know if some other. I think that Justin Herbert is losing so many games 
that and Justin, Justin Herbert came back to earth on Sunday. We can talk about that in, in a minute. But Justin Jefferson is definitely in the conversation, and he is so good and so fun to watch. Adam Thielen has 12 touchdowns in 10, 11 games now, I think. I think that's because he missed the game because of COVID. He's quietly just balling out. So I give Justin Jefferson and Thielen both a lot of credit because we dog Kirk Cousins all the time for not being Aaron Rodgers or a top-five quarterback. But he finds a way to get it done, and he has his moments. Dalvin Cook, um, Brinson, your big talking point three weeks ago was that Dalvin Cook has to run for 120 yards every week. Well, he did it today. But here's the thing. They're in Minnesota. The Jaguars are uh, quietly a very scrappy team. <laughs> you should be beating the Jaguars at home if you're a playoff team. And I do wonder, like Adam Gase, his days are numbered, and it may be singular day. Doug Marone, this team is like battling. I think, you know, you bring in your GM, I know things are probably going to change, but at least he's making a case where I'm not just mailing it in. I, I think they should fire Doug Marone just so they can reboot, but I mean – I get it. I mean, they fired the GM midway through the season and didn't fire the head coach, so who knows what they're going to do. Uh, they were losing. The Vikings were losing for much of this game. 19-16, uh, they took the lead for the first time um, in the third quarter. Got up to a 24-16 lead and looked like they were going to finish it off. And then uh, Glennon marched the Jags down the field. Oh, no. Um, they got a short field, didn't they? Was there a missed field goal? What happened? I can't remember. They ended up with a short field and scored it. Oh, I think they maybe intercepted Cousins. No, the the, the, the game tying touchdown was a, a regular drive because it came after uh, Bailey hit a field goal to put the Vikings up eight because then the Jags needed eight. Okay, that's what it was. Huh. I'm trying to think. Okay, yeah, now I can't remember what happened. All right. Oh, I know they um they got a well no whatever who cares anyway <laughs> maybe I'm just wrong. Um, they lose in overtime. Jags, I agree. The Jags are fighting and the Vikings are, look like they are going to mess around and try to make the playoffs. I, we pointed out, Breach and I did on the, um, look ahead podcast. So it's Minnesota, Tampa Bay. Love the over in that game. I think that's a shootout because, you know, you can't run against the Bucks. They're going to get Dalvin Cook involved in the screen game. They'll throw Justin Jefferson a bunch. They'll Thielen a bunch. Those guys can't hold up in man coverage on, on either side. So I think, I think we'll see a lot of points scored in that game. Um, and if Minnesota wins that game, they're in really good shape for the And play. they're cooking. And that's a big problem for the Buccaneers. They lose that game. That is correct. That is a huge, huge game. And, and like the Vikings can win or lose. They're like, I know we were talking about the Titans can win or lose against anyone. I don't think the Vikings are even as close to as good as the Titans, but I do have that feeling that they can, if they made it to the playoffs, they could pull off an upset. Well, and Minnesota would, uh, if they walk down, if they beat Tampa Bay, they will move ahead. Tampa Bay will become the seventh seed. That's seven. Tampa Bay may, I mean, if the Cardinals win, like I don't know the tiebreakers in front of me, but there might be a scenario where Tampa Bay drops out of the playoffs. If the Cardinals win next week, Tampa Bay loses. You sounded almost identical to Jim Moore just then. Playoffs. Playoffs. Well, be six if they, if they, um, if Tampa Bay loses, Arizona wins, Minnesota wins, they'll all be seven and six. I don't know the tiebreaker situation, but clearly Minnesota will still be in the playoffs because they currently are. So Arizona and out of those three. Giants, if Arizona beats the Giants and Tampa loses to Minnesota, the Buccaneers would be the eighth seed. Oh, how do you know that? Because I'm using the ESPN playoff machine. Oh, so that's super saucy. Super saucy. Love it. Now it's possible that there's some like funky tiebreaker here that I'm missing. It says, um, uh, okay. 
Minnesota gets the six seed with a tiebreaker over Arizona based on best win percentage in common games and then wins a tiebreaker over Tampa based on best win percentage in conference games. So there's a lot that would have to play out. Like it's not guaranteed. So but, you'd have to play out the entire season to right. finish yeah, out I'm those not, two tiebreakers. And I'm not let me let me just say this. If the Buccaneers don't make the playoffs, that is one of the biggest disappointments of the last five years. I would say 50. <laughs> maybe. I mean, that would be – and we'll get to uh, – maybe we'll mention a team that can get back in the playoff hunt shortly. But first, Cole – actually, no, we'll go straight to that. Pats 45, Chargers 0. Ouch, Anthony Lynn. Uh, he got absolutely blanked by Bill Belichick. I cannot believe Pete Prisco took the Chargers as the best bet. That was so dumb. Anthony Lynn asked about it, said, I expect to be coach of the Chargers tomorrow. Obviously, the Jeez. Patriots cover. I thought he was, was going to say next year. He said tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. Uh, the Patriots covers a two-point favor, two-point dog, um, road dog. Uh, the under 46 and a half somehow magically hit. Cam Newton scored two rushing touchdowns for uh, – he now holds the record for most uh, games in a season with multiple rushing touchdowns. And I don't know whether it's a bigger story. What's the bigger story here? Anthony Lynn possibly getting fired um, before the season ends or Patriots making a little playoff run like I told you. I think it's the Patriots. I think they're the bigger story here because, look – Oh, we wrote off the Patriots. I mean, I'll say – I didn't. I didn't think the Patriots get the playoffs because I don't think they can get the 10 wins. I still think it's going to take 10 wins, but now it's not out of the realm of possibility that they win out. I mean, they're out in Los Angeles for a few days. They play the Rams. They play the Dolphins. They play the Bills. They play the Jets. They'll probably be underdogs in three of those four games. But guess what? The Patriots are winning games. They're underdog against the Chargers. They won 45 to nothing. They should have been underdogs in that game, though. I think there's a 25% chance they went out. That might be too high. But it's possible. And, and this was classic Belichick football. You're playing a rookie quarterback. So what do you do? You, you put out these defenses that completely confuse the rookie. And that's what happened. Justin Herbert looked like a seventh round draft pick. He looked completely lost on the field. And then the, like the Ryan page, Finley? like Ryan Finley, unnecessary dunked button. Uh, and, and oh! the special teams play. I mean, this was like watching, uh, football porn. It was the, not if you're the Chargers. Not if you're the Chargers. Uh, uh, the Patriots blocked a field goal, returned it for a touchdown. They also had a punt return for a touchdown. So that's two touchdowns just from your special teams. Uh, I mean, this was a butt kicking all out. And man, if I'm the rest of the AFC, the Patriots are the last team I want to see in the postseason. Absolutely. Debo put this, uh, Anthony Lynn quote in Slack. Uh, Anthony Lynn after the game said, that was one of the worst football games I've ever been a part of in my 30 years in the National Football League as a player and a coach. That was unacceptable and embarrassing, end quote. To breach his point about the special teams, Daniel Popper, who covers the Chargers for the Athletic, tweeted this out after the game, uh, and he wrote, the Patriots lined up to punt five times in this game. The Chargers had the wrong number of players on the field for three of those plays. One of the series, they lined up with 12 people, got flagged, Gave a first down, and then they lined up with ten uh, people four snaps later. This, what are we doing? Yeah, it's bad. You and, can't um, sit eleven people. Just so we're clear, eleven people can be on the field at one time. You know who else had that problem? <laughs> Matt Patricia. Uh, remember the Dalvin Cook touchdown run? The Lions only had ten players on the field, and that same thing happened twice a week earlier. If you can't get the right number of players on the field, what are you doing? How are you coaching? A professional football team. It doesn't make any sense. Your whole, your whole thing, if you're Anthony Lynn, is that like you're, 
Like you're not, you know, you're not some flashy offensive genius. You're a disciplinarian who's like, like, like is, is strict about the rules and, 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 you know, keeps things tidy and keeps it tight. And like, you know, like it's the opposite. It is, this is so much worse than losing a typical Chargers game. Cause usually the Chargers just have their heart ripped out. It's like, well, maybe this franchise is just cursed. This is you welcomed the Patriots into your house and got absolutely skunked. I mean, skunk. 45 nothing is a humiliating professional football score. There's only been three shutouts this year. Jets got shut out. Lions got shut out. Chargers got shut out. Now, I, I think Anthony Lynn will probably get fired, but I think it'll be at the end of the, the year. I think they respect him too much. I do want to walk you through a little scenario here. Uh-oh. So the, the 49ers are, are a one point favorite on Monday night against the Bills. They are. Yeah, most people oh. think the Bills will win. Exactly, the the public donkey think the, the Bills, Bills opened as a favorite. Ryan, I got bet. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's not out of the out of the realm of possibility that the 49ers win that game, right? Yeah. Let's say the 49ers win that game. The following week, the Dolphins will play the Chiefs. Oof. Bills will play the Steelers, and the Patriots will play the Rams. Uh oh, what's going to happen? Let's say hypothetically the Patriots, you know, Bill Belichick gets the best of Sean McVay again. The Chiefs beat the Dolphins. That's not crazy. And the Steelers beat the Bills. Also not crazy, right? In week 15, the Bills are at Denver and the Patriots are at the Dolphins. I'm going to give the Bills the win there. And I'm going to give the Patriots a victory in Miami. In week 16, the Dolphins, oh, I lose the Dolphins, are at the Raiders. I'm going to give the Dolphins a victory there. Wow. And I'm going to give the Patriots a win over the Bills on Monday Night Football at home. That seems like not unreasonable. Okay. Finally, in week 17, the Dolphins and Bills play and the Pats and Jets play. If the Dolphins were to triumph in that game and the Patriots were to triumph in that game, do you know what would happen with the playoff seedings with those two teams, with those three teams? Will the Patriots win the division? The Patriots will be win the division at 10 and 6. The Dolphins will hit the seventh seed at 10 and six. And obviously, you know, things could, I didn't do it the whole season and the Bills will miss the playoffs. Yikes. It's not that crazy. The problem for me is this. You're not playing the Chargers every week if you're the Patriots. Once the, uh, back to back games, Cam Newton threw for fewer hundred, fewer than a hundred yards. He's never done that before in his career, I believe. So that's a concern. The running game's great. So yeah, but, you, they're, but they're like, they were thumping both those teams. For instance, in that scenario, you just mapped out th- that Bills Dolphins game would be for a playoff spot. Yes, correct. Breach week 17. If the Bills win, not the just Bills for the division, would, the, the, like the, the loser right. would not make the playoffs. The, the Bills would, so it's either Bills are the fourth seed in that, in that scenario, or they're out of the playoffs. Either win the division or out of the playoffs. And for the Dolphins, you're either the seventh seed or you're out of the playoffs. That would be wild. That would be your Sunday night game. Yes, yes, it would. Ah. I don't know. I, I still think ugh, I'm just not sold on, on this Patriots team. It's great what they've done. I, Belichick. And but now think about what think about the two scenarios we just walked through. The Buccaneers lose to the Vikings and slide out of the playoffs. And the Patriots sneak into the playoffs. That would be the biggest, like Table flipper in the history of sports from where we were midseason when it's like Belichick's toast and Brady is rolling. Yep. And then after the uh, Buccaneers lose their next two, Arians cuts Brady and he signs with the Patriots before week 17. 
Wow. Incredible oh, stuff. Awesome. Boom. Uh, all right. Moving along. Dolphins, 19. Bengals, 7. There's not much to say about this game. The Dolphins covered as 10-point favorites. The under 43 hit to a tongue of Iloa, 17 fantasy points. A weak sauce ejection of Xavier Howard and Tyler Boyd in this one. I thought the Bengals might be able to mount a comeback um, and try and, and cover. The Bengals were winning at halftime, weren't they, Breach? There yeah. were more fights in this game than the Bengals scored points. Oh, Brian Flores should have fight a Bengals player. Uh, he yeah. was mad about, what was he mad about? Uh, Keith Grant got rocked. Oh, right. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me and just he- say real quick, uh, about this game that look, and I, and I said this on the early podcast, the look ahead, the Bengals offense is terrible. They've only scored two offensive touchdowns since Burrow got hurt. One was in garbage time against the Giants. One came here on a 72 yard screen pass. So, uh, kind of luck, kind of catching the Dolphins napping because I'm sure the Dolphins thought there was no way Brandon Allen would throw. A 72-yard. Well, Tyler Boyd got around the corner, and then the Dolphins defender pushed him towards the goal line. Didn't even push him out of bounds. So the Bengals, even with that, didn't even put up 200 yards of total offense with a 72-yard touchdown pass included. Now, here is what I'm going to say. It is not about the Bengals. If I'm a Dolphins fan or I'm the Dolphins, period, I'm still a little concerned about the Dolphins. The Dolphins got inside the Bengals' five-yard five yard line four times in this game and only scored one touchdown. That's a, that's not great. I'll ask the question that I ask every week. If you're a Dolphins fan, you definitely want Ryan Fitzpatrick playing for the playoffs. Is that right? I, I, I don't know why they made the move. If well, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback in this game, I think the Dolphins would have won 36 to seven. And look, Tua may end up being great and I get all that. But right now, this team, like Brian Flores has his team playing hard. You just talked about him. He's willing to go to, go to the mat and fight for his players. Ryan Fitzpatrick, can put points on the board. Tua is still, and he said it after the game, he, he said, I know I missed some throws. I have to throw the ball away, be smarter, blah, blah, blah. Ryan Fitzpatrick gets you that now. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, you're right, Brent. So I don't know why they made the move. I know why you made the move, but this team isn't two and eight. Take your note. Take copy off Andy Reid. Take it, the message out of his playbook. Andy Reid had Alex Smith. He said, I'm going to write out the season with him. And then I'm going to let Patrick Mahomes start next year. Just say, all right, I'm going to write out this season with Ryan Fitzpatrick and two is the starter next year. And that's it. And then you, nobody's going to question you because I, you know, if two is your I, quarterback, I don't know that you're making the playoffs because you have the Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders and Bills to close the season. If Ryan Fitzpatrick is your quarterback, I think you're going two and two there. Uh, maybe three and one, but if, you have Tua? I mean, one and three or 0 oh and four is not out of the question. I think they saw the Texans tanking. They saw the Texans being terrible. Panic that they might have to like have a top five pick again. And so like, we got to <laughs> see what we got in Tua. Well, I don't there's, understand there's why. No way they made the move to Tua. Like we were told it was like, well, they think they could, they, he gives them a better chance to win now. No, he doesn't. Like he just doesn't. They're, they're eight and four. So like, how do you sell that? To people that want Ryan Fitzpatrick like us. Well, that's the problem is that two is five and one, but is that right? Yeah, he's five yeah. and one, but all the wins, you know, like special teams, the defense. defense carried him to the first two wins over the Rams and Cardinals. He started six games already. Yeah. And it's this is the first game in which he's thrown, attempted more than 28 passes. That's, that's not, that's not, wait, no, that's not right. He we're 12 games into the season. Yeah. We're 12 games into the season. It You're literally feels four? like it's week four. They're eight yeah, and four, and they were three and three with Fitzpatrick. They were three and three. Fitzpatrick was completing seventy percent of his passes, and that's right. It seems like it was just yesterday, but but when they benched Fitzpatrick, they had won two straight. They beat the Forty ers forty three to seventeen. Fitzpatrick went nuts, 
and then they beat the Jets 24 I think out of the five, was that the Rams game where they absolutely demolished Jared Goff? Yeah, the defense. I started like one. eight games, guys. What are you talking about? I'm he started six. Rich is looking right at it. What? Well, I know two was started at, off the bye, and they played the Rams off the bye. Tonga by Loa off he the bye. Fitzpatrick started seven games. Okay. Are you sure? He beat the Jets twice because he started because remember two was injured. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but. Yeah. Right. That's if why. The Dolphins are eight and four. Fitzpatrick. So two was four has, and one, not five and one. Yeah, Fitzpatrick's four and three as a starter, and then they lost the Denver game when he came in at halftime. Four and three versus four. Well, Tua lost that game. If he had gotten Fitzpatrick any help before he got hurt, if he would have put up more points. He'd probably win the game. Right, right, right. Is uh, any positives on this Bengals game, Breach? I feel like no. Uh, What is your definition of a positive? I mean, once Tyler Boyd goes out, you know that you're not getting as Uh, Oh, my God, AJ Green. Was targeted let's, let's not talk about the Bengals. Let's get this. The team has turned into loose cannons. They just lost their starting left tackle. Bad against the Bengals at all times. Oh, Jonah Williams got I hurt? I did so today. Yeah, Jonah Williams got hurt. Uh, he got carted off the field. Not sure how serious it is. Uh-huh. Uh, third season's a disaster. I think everyone on the team is going to give up because, like, what's there left to play for? All right, let me ask you this before we move on. Uh, Zach Taylor's job security. He gets one more year. And Breach is got, like, got to win next year with loyal, Burrow. That's it. So loyal to Zach. No, I mean, he, he, he you just, just had him burrow this year. Renegade. Who, 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 get why do you have to keep Zach Taylor? What is he? What, what, I don't get it. Why? I mean, they've been in almost all of their games. Yeah, except this game. <laughs> <laughs> sure, he's got four wins in his career, but they've been competitive in some games. All right. All right. I give him one more year with Burrow. And if, if they lose, if they what go. Is, like You're like Mike Brown. Like Mike Brown like doesn't want to like move on from an obvious disaster. What is okay, it? one more year. What do they? What does Zach Taylor have to do next year? Uh, seven wins or more. Yeah, seven. I think you want more than that with Joe Burrow. I mean, you do, but you got to revamp that <laughs> offensive line. Wins. Zach Taylor doesn't build the roster. He gets this crap offensive line, and what else are you going to do? You know, Joe Burrow's taking these hits. Joe Burrow killed. Well, he's not getting Joe Burrow killed. He's Zach calling, Taylor's not making, he's not making the personnel decisions. He's calling the pass plays. Joe Burrow throws it in like 2.1 seconds. I don't know how much faster that the Bengals can be doing he things. He doesn't need to throw 60 times a game behind a crap offensive line. I mean, that's fair. Okay. It's <laughs> on right. a dunk. Yeah, I don't know if that's a dunk. That's a layup. That's a layup. All right, moving along. Let's been talking about the Bengals. Sorry. It's fine. Bengals fans don't even want to hear about the Bengals. Colts 26, <laughs> Texans 20. The Colts minus three covers the under 50 and a half hits. Phillip Rivers 23 fancy points. Sean Watson 20. Jonathan Taylor 19. Big bounce back for the, uh, the Colts. They needed this one to get everybody back from the COVID list and they take care of business against the Texans. Although the Sean Watson. He's good. Fumbled the football on the five yard line. Um, and he said, this bleep hurts. I'm tired of losing. Being so close over the years is just, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. So, Colts yeah, are good. That, that was tough, but he's really good. And they had the safety at the end of the game that didn't help their cause as well. I'll just say this. Jason Lockenford wrote about this Sunday morning and talked about it on um, NFL Today on Sunday. Jack Easterby is the president or whatever his job title is, the former like life coach from the Patriots. I think he's a pastor as well. Like Chaplin. Chaplin, this job is not a, a desirable job because Jack Easterby doesn't have much experience in terms of doing like hiring people and, and personnel decisions. And you have 
Salary cap is a huge concern. No draft picks. You basically have Deshaun Watson and that's it. So I don't know how this team gets better in the short term because of all the issues. I've been saying that for weeks. Like it's a bad job. Like I'd rather have the. Which is nuts because Deshaun Watson is one of the best players in the NFL. Right. Like if you're drafting, if you're re, if you cut everybody loose in the NFL and you're draft, like it's like, all right, uh, you know, Jets get first pick. Jaguars get second. Um, you know, Jets take Mahomes. Jaguars take, uh, know, Lamar Jackson, whoever you, whatever, do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Like you're not getting the seven before Deshaun Watson's pick. Why not get the two? I mean, I uh, probably, yeah, maybe, maybe not, maybe probably five. I'm I mean, taking Lamar over Deshaun right now. What's that? I'm taking Lamar over Deshaun right now. I take Deshaun. Right. Maybe Russ, but still he ain't blowing my, blowing maybe, the doors off of him. Russ. You are? If you're building a franchise, yeah. Okay, well, I know you're a big Russ guy, so I don't know where you've come down on that. Well, I mean, Russ is just third. I mean, Russ is older. Deshaun's you're getting yeah. a franchise quarterback in his prime. Like, he's, well, I don't know how you fix the Texans. And, and for a guy having no one on his team, he did come within two yards of beating the Colts. Absolutely. That, and Will Fuller's leaving after the season, too, by the way. He didn't have Will Fuller on. He doesn't need Will Fuller. Oh, he did today. I mean, I you didn't know, know that Chad Hansen was going to blow up. Only I knew that. Yeah, Chad Hansen did well. Uh, and defend Watson, to defend Watson real quick. Uh, the fumble was on a shotgun snap that was almost rolled to him. So it was like 50 50 Watson's fault and the center's fault. Right. Like they'll get a coach because, you know, everybody gets a coach and Deshaun Watson's <laughs> there, but Easterby, yeah, I mean, Easterby's presence, the lack of draft picks, salary cap problems, it makes it an undesirable job. That is just, they just such the, the most demoralizing part for Texans fans. Is that it's just self-inflicted, just one stupid thing after the next. And the, and what's going to hurt most is when the Dolphins have a top ten pick from the Laramie Tunsil trade. Yeah, and get like Panay Sewell or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Col- I think the Colts are very good. I don't know that they're going to go win the Super Bowl. I think they're capable of it. They have a very good defense. Well, they got to keep winning because they're currently what the seventh team. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, sh- that great defense. Should we all be concerned that they have given up? 365 yards or more in their past three games. Well, they got the last game I'm not concerned about because Brinson talked about a lot of those guys are sick on the, the COVID. Well, they gave up 398 to a Texans team that only has Deshaun Watson who didn't that's have well four. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a concern. They had Chad, Chad Hansen, though. Don't forget that. That's true, Chad Hansen. I don't know why I yelled that. <laughs> Is he the best Chad in the NFL right now? Maybe Chad Beebe? Oh, Chad Beebe. Good call. Um, I can't name another Chad. Must be a kicker named Chad. I mean, in the, country, the Chad Johnson. They only they only give up they didn't give up a single scoring drive in the second half. Okay. I mean, they let the Texans drive all the way down the two yard line to potentially win the game. I mean, so Does that count? <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't because they they didn't score. Yeah, so they're seventh. Okay. Yeah, they the Colts didn't do anything to stop them. They recovered a fumble. What are you talking? They about? recovered a fumble that the Texans drop a snap from the center to the quarterback is a routine play. You don't fumble that in a clutch situation. Here, the here Texans are, gave the game away. Here are the drives from the Texans in the second half: four yard, four plays, fourteen yards, punt; eight plays, thirty yards, interception; five plays, fifteen yards, punt; three plays, negative five yards, safety; eight plays, seventy-three yards, fumble. That they've done that for multiple games now this season. The Colts have where they adjusted halftime. Matt Eberflus does a great job, and they locked down Deshaun Watson in the second half. I, what are you complaining about this defense for? Because uh, they gave up 398 yards. Yeah, I mean, they're, it's not like 20 points. It ain't it's 85 points. You're such a Titans honk. It drives me nuts. 
They'll spend anything in the positive, like to to convince people. And like, what, like, what three weeks ago it was the Packers, and they didn't score in the second half. So the Texans the only- have given up. No, the, the the Colts have given up an average of more than 400 yards per game in their last three games. That's concerning. Last week doesn't Titans count. Without Buckner and Autry, and then to the Texans who have and they had Buckner and Autry in this game. That's more of a concern this week than last week for me. And the other concern is that they're the seventh seed, so there's very little margin for error. That's my concern. That's a concern. Right, but yeah, I mean, the scheme of things, they're a good football team. Okay. I do agree with that. Saints 21, Falcons 16, Saints minus two and a half covers the under 45 and a half hits. Oh, this cost me a gigantic money line parlay. With wah, wah. The Colts, Rams, Lions, and Falcons. Oh. Um, Taysom Miller, your top fantasy performer, 27 fantasy points. Does this, does this end Raheem Morris, the Raheem Morris buzz? Is it over? That's YouTube. I'm not sure on the Raheem Morris train. He'll get an interview because they talked, they said they'll give him one, I think, but I don't know. I don't the think biggest... you can get, you get swept by your rival, your biggest rival and Taysom Hill beat you twice. I don't think you get the job. <laughs> That's great. The biggest takeaway for me is I watched the first half of this game thinking, you know what? Taysom Hill, he ain't that bad. He had his first two passing touchdowns of his career. And, you know, we make fun of Sean Payton every week for this love affair with Taysom Hill, who is just Tim Tebow with bigger muscles. <laughs> Taysom Hill made some throws today. And uh there was a fourth and seven early in the game. Uh Will Lutz got hurt, so they went for it. And Taysom Hill hit Jerry Cook right in the hands for first down. Jerry Cook dropped it. He made a, a couple other good throws. And, you know, we said it last year, 5-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater. I think they're now 3-0 and with Taysom. Are they 2-0 or 3-0? 3. So they're 8-0 without Drew Brees. I still think, and maybe uh, I shouldn't say this, I still think the Packers are the best team in the NFC. Saints defense is really good right now. So yeah, and you can clearly win without Drew Brees. So I can be talked into it. Saints, Saints defense is the best in football? Do you go back to Drew Brees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you do, but I think you let him sit out one more game. Because I know there was talk that he might try and return in week 14 against the Eagles. But I think you say, it's the Eagles. Let's give Taysom Hill one. after that, though? They Yeah, they play the Chiefs after that. Do you, you said, want Drew Brees coming back with five to Russ? No, you say, listen, Drew, here's the deal. We want to see Taysom Hill versus Jalen Hurts. So get, like, so get out there and like, let's see. But do you want – I mean, that's funny. I, I saw that tweet. I actually think that there's some merit to that. All kidding aside, but do you want Drew Brees coming back against the the Chiefs on five weeks rust? Uh, yes. No, no, but I tend yes. to think. Well, I tend to think that if you're going to beat the Chiefs, you probably need a little bit more high octane offense. Taysom Hill looked pretty good today, and the Chiefs defense ain't scaring anybody. And to add to Ryan's point, Taysom Hill converted a third and six, a third and thirteen, a third and seventeen, a third and eight, and a third and seven. And he had the fourth and seven dropped. And the fourth and seven drop. I mean, he was coming up with some clutch throws. And the, we saw with the Broncos, the best way to beat the Chiefs is to just pound the ball down their down their throat. So maybe maybe the idea is you run a bunch of Taysom Hill. I I don't I don't think you rush your breeze back. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I'm, I have no problem with that. Um, yeah, don't rush your breeze back. All right, my apologies to Sean Payton. He clearly knows a lot more about offensive football than I do. I mean, every yeah, it's, we we're idiots. We all were, oh, Sean Payton's so stuck with the game. Why does he love him so much? Yeah, so well, that's why, because he can win football games with him. Uh, okay, so, yeah, Saints are great. Lions 34, Bears 30. Lions plus three covers. They win at the last second. The over 44 hits. Matthew Stafford, 32 fantasy points. David Montgomery, 22 fantasy points. 
Montgomery ran wild, but the Lions pulled off a Mitchell Trubisky. That this is the strip sack. This is what I was thinking, not the Vikings game. Late strip sack of Mitchell Trubisky. Lions recover. They go for a touchdown, and the Bears tried to win it late, but ultimately the Lions held on. And do you know what this means, guys? Man, he's getting fired. Uh, possibly, but it means something more important than that. Daryl Bevel has as many wins as Matt Patricia. Uh, that's incorrect, but it's something more than that. The Detroit Lions are now tied with the Chicago Bears. The thing is, they're, how hilarious would it be if the Lions made the playoffs? <laughs> uh, it would be an incredible one. And even more important, all the Bears fans who tweeted us about how we had the Bears in last place and we collectively picked it for CBS, like, look at these guys, no respect. They're anti-Bears sentiment. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Crying up and down, whining. Whinging, moaning, bitching, complaining, all that stuff. It's funny. They're yeah. going to finish in last place, losers. Losers lose. And <sighs> the Bears are currently losing. I love that and, you taking this opportunity just to dunk all over these poor people. And we are going to be right because we all picked the Bears to finish last. And they're terrible. They are awful. They're a bad football team. The games they won early in the season – Fraudulent victories. They should have to return them. They should be stripped of their wins, shipped to Siberia, and you should never go on the internet and trash talk your five and one fraudulent football team again. They lost. It's over. I'm happy Brinson's doing this. They deserved it. We got a, blo- a lot of mean tweets in October calling us dumb and, and worse names that we can't say on this podcast. Uh, because we did all pick the Bears to finish in last place. And lo and behold, look at the smart guys. You want to take a, you want to take a victory lap after five and one? You're going to get a storm of trash talking when you lose six straight games. That's just how it works. Deal with it. Losers lose. Joe Musso, who we work with and is an anchor here in Stanford and a huge Bears fan tweeted out, I'm ashamed that I stuck up for this team when they were five and one. (laughs) And that, that pretty much says it all. Uh, and I feel bad because, like, Musa, like, I know a bunch of, like, Tom Fernelli's a Bears fan. I, I don't feel bad. Bleep. Matt Snyder. Bleep. I don't feel bad for Bleep. I feel bad for Snyder because he's, you know, like a good guy. And, but Snyder was, tra- you know, every he was Sunday. He ducking all over you. Every Sunday he texts me, like, when are you going to admit you were wrong? I say, well, not now, suckers, because I wasn't. The Bears suck. No, this, <laughs> you can't lose to the Lions. You can't. I don't. I, How big was their lead? It doesn't Ten matter. points with three minutes left. The Lions are the first row team over the past two seasons to win a game when trailing by double digits with less than three minutes left. Before today, Bear fans, get ready for this. Teams that were winning by ten or more with three minutes left were one hundred and twenty three and oh over the past oh! two seasons. Oh, what what play is that that Dickie B's going crazy for? Is it, it's probably Duke UNC. No, I don't know. I, no, I think it's like a Kansas game. I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm gonna look it up. What if it's just like Jock Jams and he specially recorded it for that? Look, the Bears are trash. They're not good. Ugh. That must be so incredible. Whiskey fumbled the game away. Five and one. You're the number one seed in the NFC, and you're just not even going to sniff the playoffs. So they lost six straight games. You would just, you would rather be the Jets. Absolutely. Um, get the slow burn. Just give it to me straight. 
All right, you know, we're going to start with losers this week. I, the Bears are my loser again. I already did the rant. I don't need to redo it. <laughs> you can clip the, somebody clip it, toss it up there. Those are my losers. Losers lose. You guys are losers. You ain't, you ain't, you ain't, you're not going to win. There's no winning here. Fire the coach, fire the GM, fire everybody. Get rid, everybody. Of, the Get rid of the quarterbacks, reboot it all over. And just remember when you're slogging through another five and 10, five and 11 season next year that you thought this team was going to win a bunch of games at five and one. It ain't happening. It's over. Mm. It's over. Who you got, Ryan? Ryan is your loser. There are a lot of teams to pick from this week. I'm going to go with the Seahawks because uh, at one point not too long ago, we said, okay, it'll be the Seahawks, it'll be the Saints, it'll be the Packers in the mix for the top seed. Russ Wilson is finally going to win that MVP. Dude, they lost to Colt freaking McCoy in Seattle. Uh, for some reason, Breach has his lock picks always be Seattle. Last week it was, last year was Seattle, uh, versus Teddy Bridgewater. This year it was Seattle versus Colt McCoy. Backup quarterbacks going to Seattle have a great chance to win a football game is the lesson here. Seattle's defense stinks. Russ can't do it alone. They lost a huge game that they needed to win. Did they, uh, Mike Glennon back in the day is when he was a backup to Jameis, they might have. Anyway, Breach, go ahead. Who's your loser? Uh, my loser is the Cardinals. Their season is spiraling out of control. We talk about the Bears, uh, being five and one at some point. The Cardinals seemed like they were locked in. There was no way they possibly would not make the playoffs. And now they're on the outside looking in and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. So they need to get their act together. Uh, having a handsome coach doesn't automatically get you into the postseason. I don't know if the Cardinals know that. Uh, my winner, Kevin Stefanski. The Browns put a beating mm. on the Titans. I know it's 41-35. Breach will tell you the game was closer than the score indicated. It was. It should have won. It was, it was a, it was a total beatdown. And Baker Mayfield looked sharp. Nick Chubb ran the ball really well. A bunch of random dudes. Rashad Higgins, Donovan Peoples Jones were the top receivers for this team. Kendall Lamb offensive tackle. Yeah. Not a touchdown. Exactly. All kinds of dudes were catching touchdowns. They spread it around. And look, this is the sort of thing. I mean, nothing's safe in Cleveland, but the idea that you could get the, the Browns are now nine and three. They're guaranteed their first winning season, their second winning season since the team came back to Cleveland, I think. Um, 2007, last yeah. time, winning season. When they Derek did, Anderson, Brady Quinn. That's right. Romeo Cornell. Really? They, they look very likely to go to the playoffs. They are the current five seed. I think they're over 90% chance to make the playoffs right now. Yeah, they're going to go to the playoffs. And that's a big deal for the Browns. And Kevin Stefanski in his first year in a pandemic is coming in and going to win double-digit games, take the Browns to the playoffs. And while we don't think they're going to go in the Super Bowl or anything, like that doesn't matter. You don't need to win the Super Bowl this year. You're giving them some hope in Cleveland, giving some you know thought to the future being bright. You're making people believe in Baker Mayfield again. We'll figure out his contract later. Let's just get the guy happy. Let him play well now. And the Browns are winning. Kevin Stefanski, a big winner. There are a lot of winners that you can pick from, but I'm going with the New York Jets, baby. That's right, the Jets. <laughs> I thought you. Were, I was like, you can't get Giants if you would Seahawks loser. That's right, the Jets. They had a chance to win their first game of the year. But Greg Williams said no way, and uh, in the locker room afterwards, according to sources, there were heard chants of, we're getting Trevor Lawrence, we're getting Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Back 
That's what I just made that up. I don't know if they said that or not, but someone was certainly thinking that. And they lost the game. They should have won. It wasn't even close. Uh, you could argue that the Raiders are also winners, but I'm going with the Jets because they have their franchise quarterback for the next 20 years. Wilson, that was actually going to be my winner. I, I was like, I'm thinking outside the box, but really we're in the box together. There you go. Apparently. Uh, good thing it's a big box though, because I don't like being too cozy. Uh, my winner is or your mask. Taysom Hill. That's good. That was, I thought about that one. Uh, I feel like for the past three years, all we've heard from Sean Payton is this is the next Steve Young. This guy's going to win 17 Lombardi trophies, 13 <laughs> MVPs. And he said that for three years when Taysom Hill hadn't even thrown a touchdown pass. Now the Saints don't look like idiots for giving this guy $21 million. Uh, I mean, because I know every time Taysom Hill ran for a trick play, Brinson would be the first person on Twitter saying, what are they doing? Why are they giving this guy $21 million when he plays one play per game? Well, this doesn't necessarily justify it, but it does make Sean Payton look a lot smarter. Taysom Hill now 3-0, and he played brilliantly against the Falcons through his first touchdown pass of his career and his second touchdown pass. And if you're the Saints, you feel a lot better about uh maybe having to start Taysom Hill in the playoffs if for some reason Drew Brees can't go. I'm- and that is it. I think those are all great picks. I love them. Thank you. Let's, uh, yeah, love it. The, um, all right. That's it. That's the show, right? We recap everything. We're good to go. What a week. Be back Monday. We'll be back Tuesday. We will, I'll be previewing, uh, with, uh, RJ White, the two Monday night football games. Check those out in your feed. We'll recap the Monday night game on here. We'll recap Tuesday night for Wednesday on here as well. Are we going to have a, Brady Quinn football show this week, Debo, or no? We, we would not miss that. All right, good stuff. So we are we going to have how many damn episodes we doing this week? This could 41. be. It's definitely double digits. We're getting we're getting 10 plus episodes because we'll have a, if you count the early look ahead, the recap show, Monday preview, Monday recap, Tuesday preview, Tuesday recap, Brady Quinn football show, DFS show, then we have the, the, um, there's Thursday night, Thursday preview, oh. Thursday recap. That's 10. What are we doing? Then the best bet show. So if in some news breaks, we're going to be at 12 episodes this week. That yeah, is maybe the record is 12 the record. Oh yeah. For a week. Uh, we had a uh, 14 free agency week. That ah. was the record free agency week of, of 2020. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Anthony Lynn could get fired by the time some people are listening to this. And with all our episodes, we should shout out that dude who tweeted us and said he listened to seven episodes in one day. I don't remember his name, and I just remember like that. That's a lot of Brinson listening or, to. Or one of the guys like he tweeted, he's like four, he's like forty six thousand minutes last year of me. That is some kind of punishment. Like a mat. I mean, that's yeah. That sounds like we hell. need to have an award called the Brinson, and he hands it out to the person who listens to the most minutes of the podcast each year. Yeah, can I tell you two funny stories before we get out of here? Oh boy. Sorry for extending it, Diva. That's my fault. I should have just not talked. Uh, I don't think I, well, I don't think I told you guys these. Uh, I tweeted about one of them, but, um, so, uh, one, my wife, did I mention the, so my, uh, your family one wife or family two wife? I mentioned this off the top. Did I already tell the story? I'm so. Yeah. I think you told both. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> End on the duck. <laughs> oh, a pie down hard. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future. New documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.